0: Thank you, worship team, and not just for, yeah, not just for this morning, but man, for practice when you guys are doing what nobody sees uh, you doing. Thank you. Uh, I want <clears throat> to pray and start this morning up. Lord, we pray that you'll be with us. Uh, Holy Spirit, we invite you to come and to speak into our hearts today, Father, and uh, bring uh, relief to our our spirits. Father, we, we ask that you bring joy to us. We pray that you bring encouragement to us and give us all the things that uh, we need to serve you uh, in the way that you see fit. And we ask this in Jesus' holy name. Amen. Amen. Um, you know, I am of the opinion that the internet was created for one great purpose, to tell Chuck Norris jokes. (laughs) At its best, that's what it does. And I have a few. Some honorable mention Chuck Norris jokes. Now, you have to understand walking into this that Chuck Norris jokes are funny because, and I'm about to make a huge mistake here, if you ever explain a joke, it ceases to be funny, right? But maybe this will help with what we're talking about today. Or maybe I'm just a goofball. Yeah. <laughs> but see, these things are funny because it can never actually happen. That's where the humor comes in, is, is that we, we pick someone who, you know, roundhouse kicked people in the 80s films and, and, and just begin to, you know, attribute divine attributes to this man. And he is now, I think, deep into his 80s and still roundhouse kicking people, so we may not be far off, but honorable mention. Chuck Norris' body temperature is 98.6 degrees Celsius. Chuck Norris makes onions cry. It's so simple. I love that one. But onions can't cry. It's just funny. Chuck Norris can kill two stones with one bird. Death once had a near Chuck Norris experience. It's the simple ones that I love the most. Here's, Here's my top three that I can say in this setting. <laughs> Chuck Norris uh, beat the son in a staring contest. I love that one. Chuck Norris drove his father home from the hospital. And here's my favorite appropriate Chuck Norris joke. When Alexander Graham Bell first invented the telephone, he had three missed calls from Chuck Norris. It's funny because it's preposterous, you know? It just could never happen. You can't, you can't attribute qualities like this to a man, to any human. But there's some things that aren't funny that we attribute to people that are just as preposterous, just as impossible. And we not only look for people who claim to have these things, but we claim to have it ourselves. Here's one. Chuck Norris has peace. It's not funny. But to say that he could just have total and complete peace. But that's what we're all looking for, Right? But by the time this day ends, there will be little girls that are snatched up, stolen away from their family, shoved full of cocaine and used by men until they die six months later from the trauma that will happen to their body. I'm not at peace with that. I'm never going to be okay with that. We import people into the United States, into the United States from all over the world buying their freedom but the problem is when they get here we put them to work and you know when their freedom is paid for you know when their debt is paid for never so they work in slave-like conditions no it is slavery we talk about the past when america did all these horrific things and we had slavery we have more slaves in the world now than ever before And let me tell you, the sex slavery industry is far worse than anything that has been. I'm not at peace with that. My children grow up in a world that they will constantly be bombarded and told that the way that I am raising them is wrong. I'm not at peace with that. You know how many people will be murdered today? You know how many women will be taken advantage of and beaten Today, ring on their finger or not. I'm not at peace with any of this. You know how many Christians will be killed this week? And if that doesn't get you, from the moment you died, you're headed to the end and your car is going to break down eventually. How about that? How's that for peace? Does that sound like peace to you? Well, wait a minute, (laughs) we're at church. I know, I know that the month of December we, we, we sing Christmas carols and I could swear that somewhere in there is peace on earth, goodwill towards men. Isn't that what we're here to do? Aren't we here to break those things? Aren't we here to bring peace to the earth? Let's actually look at the passage where that comes from. On the computer, please forgive me. I'm going to, the first passage I've given you, and the second one. I'm switching the order there. I want to go first to Luke chapter two, verse thirteen. Guys, if it takes them a minute, forgive them. It is my fault completely. Um, I'm rewriting all this today. Uh, Luke chapter two, verse thirteen and fourteen. All the scripture will be on the screen uh, today. If you don't know, uh, you know where these books are in your Bible. That's okay. Nobody expected to that you would walk in here a Bible scholar or an expert today. That's why we're here, okay? So, uh, in fact, we have Bibles we would love to give you. And uh, those are in the foyer. As you exit today, please take one of those. That is free to you. It is our joy for you to take that. But uh, there's the Old Testament and a New Testament. The Old Testament speaks about uh, the creation of the world and how that peace was lost and how there would be a Messiah, a Savior, that would come and ultimately restore these things, and when he comes, that's Jesus, and uh, he, he, he is the beginning of what we call the New Testament or the New Law or the New Covenant. But Luke chapter two, verse 13 and 14, uh, this is a familiar passage to you, even if you've never read the Bible, just having watched Charlie Brown's Christmas special. Uh, you've heard this at some point if you live in the United States. Um, Luke 2, 13, suddenly there was a multitude of the heavenly hosts with the angel, praising God and saying, before I go to 14, this is, uh, this is the announcement that Jesus has come to earth. He is born in a stable, placed in a feed trough, right? And we get this announcement from angels to some shepherds who are in a nearby field. And this is what the shepherds hear the angels say. Glory to God in the highest heaven and peace on earth to people he favors. There's a big difference between peace on earth and a peaceful earth. There's a huge difference between peace on earth and a peaceful earth. This will never be, again, a peaceful earth. I know, I know that Disney is not teaching that, but that is a biblical principle that has been lost This place is headed for destruction, and we are gathering up brothers and sisters saying we know where to find peace. It is here. It isn't this place, but it can be here. Jesus said, don't look for the kingdom of heaven here or there. See, it is among you. peace on earth to people he favors when Christ came he brought peace to people he brought hope to people but then he left (laughs) so am I left with no peace Go to Acts chapter 2, verse 14 with me. This is a continuation of where we have been reading. We went through the last week of the life of Jesus into the book of Acts. So we followed mostly the book of Luke for about 10 weeks. And then, tada, where the book of Luke finishes off, the book of Acts picks up. And I'll tell you why. Because Luke wrote both of these books. Now, in chapter 2, verse 14, uh, we have... Uh, the The twelve apostles and probably many others and they 're in an upper room. Jesus told them to wait and they 're waiting and in verse fourteen, Peter stood up with the eleven, raised his voice, and proclaimed to the uh, oh no sorry sorry, let me let me start over uh, I, I stopped my story a little quick. They were in an upper room. And then all of a sudden something happens, a great rushing wind they hear and something that looks like tongues of fire comes and it divides up and it comes onto all of them. And it is the spirit of the living God that has come to them because Jesus told them, he said, it is a good thing that I go away because when I go away, I will bring a comforter to you. And so that comforter is there and he comes on them in power and in power, in a supernatural, in a spiritual power, they begin to speak in tongues and so they walk out into uh, essentially the marketplace and they begin to speak but as they spoke their language. Now this is not, I'm not talking about tongues today. This is a little different than what's mentioned in like 1 Corinthians. But as they speak in their tongue All of the people around them hear them in their own native tongue and dialects. And so a very supernatural uh, thing happened. And we talked last week about how, you know, the Tower of Babel, people were trying to get to God and he tore them down by confusing their languages. And now he's trying to get us to build something for him. And so he actually undoes that confusing of languages, right? But... Uh, they go out and they begin to speak and everyone is like, these guys are drunk. Which is a strange thing. Because it's like, man, they're, they're doing something weird up here. They must be drunk. And it's, that's a weird thing to deduce <laughs> as something supernatural is happening. It's an odd explanation to give it. And Peter gives a more strange thing. He says, Listen to me, we're not drunk, it's only nine in the morning, which I think is probably the funniest verse in all the Bible. There's like no other explanation. He's like, listen, we don't do these. He's like, look guys, it's nine in the morning. I just think it's funny. But in chapter two, verse 13, nope, sorry, I'm sorry, I'm sorry, I'm sorry. Uh, Chapter two, verse 14. Peter stood up with the eleven, raised his voice, and proclaimed to them, Fellow Jews and all you residents of Jerusalem, let this be known to you, and pay attention to my words. For these people are not drunk, as you suppose, since it's only nine in the morning. On the contrary, this is what was spoken through the prophet Joel. Joel. There's something big, there's something supernatural that's happening right now. And it was prophesied. Listen to what Joel said about this day. And it will be in the last day, says God, that I will pour out my spirit on all people. Then your sons and your daughters will prophesy. Your young men will see visions and your old men will dream dreams. Do you know that happens even here? Do you know that the establishment of this church is, came with dreams. Do you know when we expanded this building, three, setting among you today, came to me having had dreams in the same night about the expansion of what is happening right here. This is still happening today. I will even pour out my spirit on my servants in those days, both men and women, and they will prophesy. He is pouring out his spirit onto people. And this is the kingdom of God coming down to man. This is not a peaceful earth. This is the peace of God coming to you. When we were in the garden with God, Adam and Eve, before the sin, there was shalom. There was peace. You've heard it said that the lion would lay down with the lamb. There were not yet thorns and thistles. They did not have to till the ground. Everything was in perfect working order, and in Hebrew, we call that shalom. We translate it as peace, but it's actually so much more than that. Everything is as it should be. On this earth, sin has been introduced, so as long as we are here, On terra firma, as long as we are here on earth, everything will not be as it should be, but you can be as you should be. And that will bring you peace. So that means that we have to be perfect, right? Just, okay, first of all, don't go there with me. But secondly, if you're genuinely confused about that, hang on. No. Because you are part of a broken world. What's perfect is what has visited you, not you. So I don't say that to shame anyone, I say that to relieve you. Don't carry that burden. It's not yours to carry. So we look for it, but it has to come to you. The world is broken. You're part of the world. So I I need you to hear me. Christians will get sick. Okay, okay, pastor, I can go with you, I can go with you. Christians will get depressed. I I need some amens. Christians will still get depressed. Christians will still have mental disorders. We will still not be okay physically, emotionally, mentally, and still be able to say that God is good. We will be able to say, forgive me for saying this, I don't know how to say it, we will be able to say in the same breath, life sucks, God is good. Because we are on a broken world where peace comes to visit, where peace comes to dwell in the hearts of those on whom God's favor rests. He came to bring us peace. He said, I go away, but I'm sending you the comforter, the counselor. That's a Greek word I told you last week. It really kind of means like I'm sending you an attorney. I'm sending you someone who will rush to you in your time of need. You have the paraclete is the word. This will bring you peace when you should not have peace. Because everything is not okay in the world. But God is good and he is coming to mend it and I have good news to bring to people that in the midst of your brokenness, in the midst of your brokenness, well, Christians shouldn't get depressed. Well, Christians shouldn't have this. Well, they do! Come on! We are still part of a broken world. And your brokenness, get this is why you need Jesus. It is not what disqualifies you. It is what qualifies you for a Savior. My brokenness separates me from God, which is why I need a Savior. Otherwise, I have to get there on my own. I have to be as good as God, and I can't. That's why Chuck Norris jokes are funny. We can't do it. Peace is in the kingdom of heaven. And the Lord sent us a comforter. Explain it like this I live in a broken world. Now, in the Bible, fire always represents judgment. It's kind of funny because there's a really popular Christian song. Fire, fall down. I don't think they knew biblically that they're asking judgment to fall down on them. but I think they meant the tongues of fire, I guess. Otherwise, they're just begging God for judgment. I digress. I live in a broken world. And on my own, Right? Can't do it anymore. (laughs) I get burned. Because I'm in a place that's on fire. I'm in a place that's on fire. But then the Holy Spirit comes. Welders, you will never again be compared to the Holy Spirit. So this is your time. (laughs) I'm teasing. And now I have the Holy Spirit that enables me to endure, endure, to put out the fire. That's a good analogy. You know what I'm saying? Yep, that's my glove burning. (laughs) I have the Holy Spirit who does not take me out of the world, does not take me out of the fire, but carries me through the fire. I'm still in a broken world. It's still me. But when I'm walking in the spirit, see the difference? Not a peaceful earth. Peace on earth. The fire doesn't go away. You just have protection. The problem comes with where I try to ground my peace, right? And, and and we do this. I think I've said this. This might be three weeks in a row that I've said this, so maybe it's a thing. But when I find something in the world on which to lay my peace, on which to ground myself, on which to attach myself, my peace will constantly be taken away, destroyed, abandoned. When I find something, and for some of you, for some of you I, I think you view the church in the wrong way. Because this is where we come and, and, and we worship the God of peace. See, that's where I want to attach my peace, because he's never abandoned me, never forsaken me. And so you come, and maybe you hear me speak, and then you try to put your peace on my words, but then you need me later, and I never call you back. Peace wrecked. Right? Right? Or there's this person at church, and that's really why I go. and I begin. Or, or we get into a relationship, and this is cruel. And we say, it brings me comfort and peace when I'm around you. And Grant, I'm, I'm glad it does. You shouldn't suffer anxiety when you're around someone you love. That's not what I'm saying. But I'm saying when they now become responsible, responsible for your peace now they carry their sanity and yours with them at all times and that's too much weight for one person to bear it's hard enough to be me without you it's hard enough for you to be you without me right so it's cruelty so i want to get into a relationship with someone who who has jesus carry their peace and if i walk in with jesus carrying my peace then we don't lay that burden on one another and we just build one another up towards the lord Let me switch gears for just a second here. Kind of along the same topic, but... Many of you in this place have had something steal your peace. Maybe your health. Maybe... And I don't need a show of hands, but man, if anybody in this building has been through a divorce before, you can testify, it is a peace thief. Maybe your children are struggling, maybe you just really hate your job, whatever. Something is tearing away at your peace. Let me ask you something. Would it it change your view? Would it change your comfort level? When I talk about, I'm not talking about being comfort. I'm talking about like being comfortable in your own skin. If you knew why you lost your health. Let me rephrase that. Would it change your view if there was a purpose behind losing your health? Would it change your view if there was an explanation for why the things that happened to you happened to you? Whatever it is that has robbed you, if I could tell you, that thing that you went through, that thing that you're going through, is what will save this child's life. Would that make a difference? Yeah. Multiple occasions in again this week. I have talked with people going through issues that I can't explain, I don't understand, and I don't know why. And I said, if this is what it took for your children to know Jesus, to have eternity with Jesus, would you do it all over again? Absolutely. I, I'm, I'm reading a, a book. I, I don't have this in my notes, and I actually... Scratch it out because it takes too long, and I'm going to do it anyways. Uh, C.S. Lewis is a great theologian, and he wrote some fictional books called The Chronicles of Narnia. Uh, Three of the seven have been made into movies. Uh, One, book number three, that has not been made into a movie is called The Horse and His Boy. And uh, so there is a boy who has had a terrible life, and then a horse... From Narnia, all the animals in Narnia can talk, comes to visit one, him one day, and they meet and they decide to run away together, and boy, does it start from there. And thing after thing after thing after thing happens. Now, if you know anything about the Chronicles of Narnia, you know that Jesus is represented always by a lion named Aslan. Well, this boy doesn't know Aslan. All he knows is that everywhere on his journey, he is being chased by a lion. In fact, he teams up with another horse and a girl, they thought by coincidence, that are escaping and going to Narnia. And that girl and her horse are actually caught by the lion and shredded, not lethally, not lethally. They're gonna be okay, but they are shredded up by a lion and barely escape with their life. And the boy hates lions until he finally has a conversation. And one day when he is crying and he said, I must be the most unlucky boy in the world. And a voice comes up and begins to speak, but the fog is so thick he can't see who is speaking to him. And the voice says, tell me the story. And he begins to tell him, and then the voice says, there weren't multiple lions, there was one lion. And begins to explain to him how the lion had brought him to the place he was, and had he been a second later, he would have died. And the lion brought him all the inspiration he needed. And had the lion not shred the horse, the horse survived. They would have never hurried to the point they needed. He could not be where he was without the lion. And as the fog cleared, he was speaking to the lion. What if you knew your story like that? One day you will. We will have no more questions. God, why could this happen to me? And I'm not saying that God did things to you. But every one of us could say, man, I should be dead. Everybody in here, every man I've ever worked with is, man, I should be dead. I fell and there was rebar sticking up and it went in between. I mean, it could have gone through my heart. Uh, you, You know, I mean... There's a thousand reasons we could be dead, but it didn't happen. So, yes, God is in control, but why would I be allowed to go through this thing? I don't know on this side of heaven. But one day when you do know, regardless of how it plays out, if that's the very thing that brought you to the Savior, if the if that was the very wolf that chased you to the shepherd. If that was the very thing that your children had to see to believe for themselves. If that was the very thing that you needed or you would have always pushed God off continually. Would you be okay with it then? What's your point? My point is your peace will be more complete. If you understand purpose, God's purpose for you may not be the purpose that you have for yourself. But if you can trust him and he is your purpose, then you will know that all things work out for good for those who love him and are called according to his purpose. Listen to what Paul said in Philippians chapter 4. Verse 12, he says, I know how to make do with little and I know how to make do with a lot. In any and all circumstances, I have learned the secret of being content, whether well-fed or hungry, whether, uh, whether in abundance or in need, I am able to do all things through him who strengthens me. That's on the back of all of our sports t-shirts and our coffee mugs and that is not at all what Paul was talking about. He said, I can do all things through Christ who gives me strength, because he was talking about I can make it through prison. Not I can go hit a home run. I'm not saying that God can't strengthen you to do those things, but he was saying I will empower you to endure life on a broken world. I can do all things. You know what I'm saying? I can help you endure the fire. I can do all things through Christ who gives me strength. This is not for my personal gain. This is not for my personal riches. This is because you were put on this place with a purpose. And why did all these things happen to you? I don't know, and I can't explain it to you. In fact, some of you, all I can do is just sit and cry with you, and truly, it makes me cry because it's horrible, and I don't understand it. But one day... We'll find out why this was allowed. One day we'll find out why Satan was necessary to push us to God. We are the sheep asking why God would create a wolf. Does it bring you purpose? Does it bring you peace to know that it is not in vain? Let me ask you, will you just just give me this this morning? Through faith, will you trust God enough to know that your life has not been lived in vain and that your experiences will not go in vain? No, I think that we have some responsibility in that. I think that we have some responsibility in that. You are setting, if you thought you walked into a room full of perfect people, (laughs) it must be your first day, and we must not have ever met before. If you think that you walked into a room full of perfect people, you are wrong. Let me tell you, you walked into a room full of people that walked through the same fire that everybody else is walking through. You're walking into a room full of people who are not here because they never get depressed. They came looking for something because they are. You walked into a room full of people who are having to take the same medicine to get through life that you are. And, and Christian, if you hide that, you deprive the world. You deprive the world because they think that, oh, if I'm going to be a Christian, I'm going to have to be perfect. No. No. Life is hard and God is good. You're telling me that he can't fit? No, absolutely, he can take care of depression. We've seen him heal physically, we've seen him heal mentally, we've seen him heal spiritually. Should following the teachings of Jesus help? Absolutely, it will help. You will still have to battle your depression, you will still have to battle your anxiety. Just, man, when you follow his teachings, just not nearly as long. You'll be able to see it coming. You'll be able to give it to Jesus. You're still going to have to deal with it. You just, you just have protection. You have help. Your marriage is still going to be hard. Ladies, at best, there's still a man living in your house. I mean, nothing's ever going to be real okay. Okay the guys are like eh. John 16:33 I really encourage you to read John chapter 14, 15 and 16 this week. I see a few pins moving. Hopefully I'll see more. I really encourage you to read John chapter 14, 15, and 16. And this is sort of the conclusion of the theme that Jesus is carrying in this passage. He says, I have told you these things so that in me you may have peace. Did you hear that? In me you may have peace. Can you have peace? Yes. Will you make this a peaceful world? No. (laughs) No. But can you have peace? Yes. Can you spread that peace like a wildfire? I have told you these things so that you may have peace. You will have suffering in this world. Do you hear Jesus admitting this paradox? You will have peace and you will have suffering. Your circumstances did not dictate whether or not you have peace. You will always live in a broken world. And as long as you attach your peace to the world, it will always be shattered. In me, you have peace. You have suffering in this world. Be courageous. I have conquered the world. So when something at the world comes after your peace, you know that something has already been conquered that's coming after your peace. You may be walking down the streets, and this is hard for us to imagine in Ranger because they are loose, but there is a pit bull coming after you, proverbially, proverbially, somebody say it? Thank you. Y'all couldn't even get it. Some of y'all were like, I don't know. That dog's on a chain. He's already been conquered. He will bark, and he will intimidate, and he will run at you, but he will hit the end of his chain because he has conquered the world. And Christian, what can Satan take from you? My life? I'm not a huge fan of pain, but man, ultimately send me to Jesus. What can he take from you? So he can't take my peace. He has no threat because my God has overcome death. What does that mean? For God so loved the world that he gave his one and only son that whoever believes in him will have eternal life. Will, shall not perish but have eternal life. Shall not perish but have eternal life. But wait, isn't there eternal life either way, whether in heaven or in hell. Yeah, there's eternal life and eternal death. It's a theme all throughout the Bible. And he says that he gave me eternal life as opposed to eternal death. So my big problem has been taken care of. Worship team, I want you guys to go, go ahead and come up. Be courageous. I have conquered The world. We will still be subject to things on a broken world, but you will not be conquered by it. We are still subject to a broken world, but you will not be conquered by it. If you struggle in this place, with anything. I'm not telling you that we don't need to get closer to God. I am not even telling you that what you're struggling with is not something that God is allowing you to struggle with because he's punishing you for something. I'm not saying any of those things. I'm saying that if you're struggling with brokenness in a broken world, you're not crazy. It's not necessarily because you don't believe enough. It's not necessarily because you don't have enough faith. In that brokenness. Can you put your faith in Christ? Because then, peace. If you are waiting for perfect circumstances to have peace, you will be waiting to watch Chuck Norris slam a revolving door. You are waiting for him to beat the sun in a staring contest. If you are waiting for perfect peace on this earth you will first see Chuck Norris drive his father home from the hospital on the day of his birth it's preposterous but if you are waiting for peace it can come to you right in the middle of your circumstance not from the earth but from the father to the earth There is peace for you. That's the good news. In all the places that the world tells you to look for peace, it's not there. That's also relieving to you because that's why you can't find it. But if you will apply your faith in your circumstances, he will bring you peace that the Bible says is beyond understanding. And they will say... I don't know why they change. And you will say, because I have peace. How do you have peace? Nothing has changed. Oh, everything has changed. You just can't see it. We have a perfect example of that, Delta. We have a perfect example of that today. We have gotten to speak with a young lady, and man, what a joy. What a joy to get to speak with her. Uh, I'm going to tell you so much so that she should have been preaching today instead of me. But she has peace, and the Father has brought her peace in a broken world, right? There's a broken world, and He's brought you peace. And uh, so I want you to take that, and I'm going to ask you, Delta, in front, of, in front of your new church family, have you accepted Jesus both as Lord and Savior? I know, I know the Savior, and He'll bring peace and take us to heaven, but is He calling the shots, Lord and Savior? Have you accepted Him in that way? Yes. Okay. Awesome. Awesome. Will you guys hear that? I'm going to ask you uh, to go ahead and take a seat. I will get this out for you. So I baptize you, my sister, in the name of the Father. The Son and the Holy Spirit, buried with Him in death, raised again to walk in a newness of life. Man, proud of you. Good job. Hey, it's such a cool story. I'm telling you, to, to know this girl is to love her, and the Lord has a huge hold on her heart. It is so cool. So I really invite you, uh, just to just to love on her and say congratulations. Uh, she's doing fantastic Um, the worship team is going to play now and uh, people are going to come forward in fact why don't y'all go ahead and do that they're going to come forward Uh, they'll have uh, baskets part of the way that we worship is with tithes and offering but man if you've got something you would like for us to pray uh, with you through or with you about uh, please put it on that connection card uh, drop it in we would love to just walk with you through whatever you're walking through Uh, but as for now please stand and worship with us